Book One, Chapter Nine of the Bostonians. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Bostonians by Henry James. Chapter Nine. Ransom approached Mrs. Farrinder again, who had remained on her sofa with Olive Chancellor and as she turned her face to him he saw that she had felt the universal contagion her keen eye sparkled there was a flush on her matronly cheek and she had evidently made up her mind what line to take olive chancellor sat motionless her eyes were fixed on the floor with the rigid alarmed expression of her moments of nervous diffidence she gave no sign of observing her kinsman's approach he said something to mrs farrinder something that imperfectly represented his admiration of verena and this lady replied with dignity that it was no wonder the girl spoke so well she spoke in such a good cause she is very graceful has a fine command of language her father says it's a natural gift ransom saw that he should not in the least discover miss farrinder's real opinion and her dissimulation added to his impression that she was a woman with a policy it was none of his business whether in her heart she thought verena a parrot or a genius it was perceptible to him that she saw she would be effective would help the cause he stood almost appalled for a moment as he said to himself that she would take her up and the girl would be ruined would force her note and become a screamer but he quickly dodged this vision taking refuge in a mechanical appeal to his cousin of whom he inquired how she liked miss verena olive made no answer her head remained averted she bored the carpet with her conscious eyes mrs farrinder glanced at her askance and then said to ransom serenely you praise the grace of your southern ladies but you have had to come north to see a human gazelle Miss Tarrant is of the best New England stock, what I call the best. I'm sure from what I have seen of the Boston ladies no manifestation of grace can excite my surprise, Ransom rejoined, looking with a smile at his cousin. She has been powerfully affected, Mrs. Farrinder explained, very slightly dropping her voice, as Olive apparently still remained deaf. Miss Birdseye drew near at this moment. She wanted to know if Mrs. Farrinder didn't want to express some acknowledgment on the part of the company at large for the real stimulus Miss Tarrant had given them. Mrs. Farrinder said, oh, yes, she would speak now with pleasure, only she must have a glass of water first. Miss Birdseye replied that there was some coming in a moment. One of the ladies had asked for it, and Mr. Pardon had just stepped down to draw some. Basil took advantage of this intermission to ask Miss Birdseye if she would give him the great privilege of an introduction to Miss Farina. Mrs. Farrinder will thank her for the company, he said, laughing, but she won't thank her for me. Miss Birdseye manifested the greatest disposition to oblige him. She was so glad he had been impressed. She was proceeding to lead him toward Miss Tarrant when Olive Chancellor rose abruptly from her chair and laid her hand with an arresting movement on the arm of her hostess. She explained to her that she must go, that she was not very well, that her carriage was there, also that she hoped Miss Birdseye, if it was not asking too much, would accompany her to the door. "'Well, you are impressed, too,' said Miss Birdseye, looking at her philosophically. 
it seems as if no one had escaped ransom was disappointed he saw he was going to be taken away and before he could suppress it an exclamation burst from his lips the first exclamation he could think of that would perhaps check his cousin's retreat ah miss olive are you going to give up mrs farrander at this miss olive looked at him showed him an extraordinary face a face he scarcely understood or even recognized it was portentously grave the eyes were enlarged there was a red spot in each of the cheeks and as directed to him a quick piercing question a kind of leaping challenge in the whole expression he could only answer this sudden gleam with a stare and wonder afresh what trick his northern kinswoman was destined to play him impressed too he should think he had been mrs farrander who was decidedly a woman of the world came to his assistance or to miss chancellor's and said she hoped very much olive wouldn't stay she felt these things too much if you stay i won't speak she added i should upset you altogether and then she continued tenderly for so preponderantly intellectual a nature when women feel as you do how can i doubt that we shall come out all right oh we shall come out all right i guess murmured miss birdseye but you must remember beacon street mrs farrander subjoined you must take advantage of your position you must wake up the back bay i'm sick of the back bay said olive fiercely and she passed to the door with miss birdseye bidding good-bye to no one she was so agitated that evidently she could not trust herself and there was nothing for ransom but to follow at the door of the room however he was checked by a sudden pause on the part of the two ladies olive stopped and stood there hesitating she looked round the room and spied out verena where she sat with her mother the centre of a gratified group then throwing back her head with an air of decision she crossed over to her ransom said to himself that now perhaps was his chance and he quickly accompanied miss chancellor the little knot of reformers watched her as she arrived their faces expressed a suspicion of her social importance mingled with conscientious scruples as to whether it were right to recognize it verena tarrant saw that she was the object of this manifestation and she got up to meet the lady whose approach was so full of point ransom perceived however or thought he perceived that she recognized nothing she had no suspicions of social importance yet she smiled with all her radiance as she looked from miss chancellor to him smiled because she liked to smile to please to feel her success or was it because she was a perfect little actress and this was part of her training she took the hand that olive put out to her the others rather solemnly sat looking up from their chairs you don't know me but i want to know you olive said i can thank you now will you come and see me oh yes where do you live verena answered in the tone of a girl for whom an invitation she hadn't so many was always an invitation miss chancellor syllabled her address and mrs tarrant came forward smiling i know about you miss chancellor i guess your father knew my father mr greenstreet verena will be very glad to visit you we shall be very happy to see you in our home basil ransom while the mother spoke wanted to say something to the daughter who stood there so near him but he could think of nothing that would do 
certain words that came to him his mississippi phrases seemed patronizing and ponderous besides he didn't wish to assent to what she had said he wished simply to tell her she was delightful and it was difficult to mark that difference so he only smiled at her in silence and she smiled back at him a smile that seemed to him quite for himself where do you live olive asked and mrs tarrant replied that they lived at cambridge and that the horse-cars passed just near their door whereupon olive insisted will you come very soon and verena said oh yes she would come very soon and repeated the number in charles street to show that she had taken heed of it this was done with childlike good faith ransom saw that she would come and see any one who would ask her like that and he regretted for a minute that he was not a boston lady so that he might extend to her such an invitation olive chancellor held her hand a moment longer looked at her in farewell and then saying come mr ransom drew him out of the room in the hall they met mr pardon coming up from the lower regions with a jug of water and a tumbler miss chancellor's hackney coach was there and when basil had put her into it she said to him that she wouldn't trouble him to drive with her his hotel was not near charles street he had so little desire to sit by her side he wanted to smoke that it was only after the vehicle had rolled off that he reflected upon her coolness and asked himself why the deuce she had brought him away she was a very odd cousin was this boston cousin of his he stood there a moment looking at the light in miss birdseye's windows and greatly minded to re-enter the house now he might speak to the girl but he contented himself with the memory of her smile and turned away with a sense of relief after all at having got out of such wild company as well as with in a different order a vulgar consciousness of being very thirsty end of book one chapter nine